The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Well, with trade season soon upon us, rumors are abounding. It's time to start talking about what each individual team is going to be looking to do at the trade deadline. And let's start with an absolutely fascinating division, the Atlantic Division. And let's start with one that really has not had any trade rumors, at least for improving for this season. Obviously, they've been in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes in theory, but they can't make that trade until the offseason. As long as they have Kyrie Irving on the team, you can't have two designated rookie extension players on your team at once the boston celtics so uh let's just talk about where they are financially here as a starting point one quick addendum you can't have two designated rookie players that were both acquired via trade you could theoretically like the the wolves are going well the wolves do with towns and and wiggins so i just wanted to say that briefly but the celtics are uh so we haven't talked about this i think enough that the celtics are narrowly over the luxury tax line it's between three and four million depending on but the way it's traditional counted it's four million and the reason why that matters is because this would start the clock for the repeater tax for the boston celtics so even though it wouldn't be that expensive this year theoretically a few years down the road this small expenditure could end up really ratcheting it up because it's dollar for dollar in the repeater tax yeah or we should say an extra dollar for each yeah see we, we could both correct each other yes when we need it that, of course that is the point of having two of us on the show but yeah so so just a quick reminder there if you're your first five million under the normal tax it's 150 per dollar then it goes up to 250 per dollar for example and then in each successive band after that the tax gets more and more severe as you go up every five million dollar increment then you're gonna have to pay an extra dollar in each of those bands so i agree with you when you're this close it normally would make sense to try it and get out of the tax. and given where they are right now if they were able to dump gershon yavisela who makes 2.7 million for nothing they would be very close to getting there but not quite and then you're still you're gonna probably have some 10 days you're gonna have some other guys who need to be signed there's also the jabari bird situation which is really weird i mean he's been away from the team all year due to these domestic violence allegations maybe he could get uh, thrown into a trade as well though he's a little bit more difficult to trade because he's not a pure minimum contract two years where he can just be traded into uh, the minimum exception for someone else and the celtics do have uh, some pretty solid assets uh, going forward they don't have any extra seconds left around though at this point do they i don't think they do i think those have all been become other things uh, i'm gonna actually confirm that but so that's really kind of step one to me it would yeah i have it they, they do not have any extra okay. seconds but their own future seconds going forward i mean this is they'll probably be you know in the 20s whether 
that's enough to move someone like Yabusele. They could also throw some cash in as well, maybe to grease the skids there a, a little bit, and the second round pick, maybe that gets you there. To me, th- that's interesting. I, you know, there, and there are a number of teams who could do that. A number of teams with, with trade exceptions that are smaller than three million that could take in Yabusele and maybe maybe Bird. The reason I would assume that Bird has not been cut is precisely for this: that, that if you can trade him and get him off of your books then he counts for zero against the tax if they were to have just cut him then uh he, he would have counted i don't really see anyone else who who sticks out i mean brad wanamaker maybe you could move on from he's only making 838k and he is i think important for them if either rosier or Kyrie or smart were to get hurt so you know i think between cash and the second rounder that's probably enough i think you know some of these teams are it's just like that's a deal that'll happen at the very last minute before the trade deadline once everyone knows all the other like real stuff that they need to get done giving up a first rounder of course is out of the question just to get out of the tax this year i mean maybe you could see them throwing in someone like semi ojale but that seems like too much to me to get out of the tax interesting question here though is like what does this team need you know if they wanted to be aggressive and try and get better what do they need i mean this is one of the deepest teams in the entire nba what I, I was thinking about this in terms of needs with this idea of Terry Rozier. I mean, so Terry Rozier is a pending restricted free agent. And so I'm sure there's some reluctance from Danny Ainge to trade him. But but this is what I'm getting at. Maybe they need a, a different backup point guard. Because to me, if Kyrie Irving has to miss time in the playoffs, they're dead in the water anyway. Like with how good the Eastern Conference is, they couldn't even get by Cleveland last year. And I think the Bucks and Raptors are both better than Cleveland was last year, which is, I don't think is a, a bridge too far or any, any real bold headlining making statement and so maybe they're being a little bit too risk averse there because Rozier presumably has some value for somebody else pending restricted free agent you never know how the market's going to materialize for those types of guys and so I wouldn't say that like backup point guard is necessarily a need but I think they could create a need and then fill that need yeah that's an interesting point I mean I've said many times that I would have been trying to move Rozier if I could have gotten a decent first-round pick for him. I would have been trying to trade him this whole time. Now, there is, of course, a concern. Simmons and, and Lowe talked about this yesterday. You know, Kyrie has said he's going to return, but not for sure. You know, and I think if you view Rozier as a starting quality player, which they do, I'm, you know, he's had one year where he's been that good of a player. He, they might need to just keep him around with his restricted rights, just as insurance for Kyrie. Like, that has value to me. And so I think if if you could get a good first round pick for him you might do that you could also maybe swap that first round pick for something else that would really help you this year getting out of the tax would be something they probably would want to do as part of a Rozier trade but it could be a little difficult because Rozier doesn't really make that much money and they don't really have any other large enough matching salaries that aren't important to their team maybe you could throw Yabusele into that trade and just hope that you can make the math work in terms of taking little enough back but it's hard for me to see a way in which they actually add players to this team unless it's on the buyout market and get out of the tax at the same time. And even then, I'm starting to predict that they maybe won't get out of the tax unless they just don't add anyone on the buyout market and don't make a trade. I think it's very hard to get out of the tax unless they 
just get rid of Yabusele, get rid of Bird, and don't take anything back, essentially. Uh, and they would still then, you know, have to sign more players. So I, I, the math would be very tricky there. Uh, when we talked about what this team needs, though, I mean, we talked maybe moving on from Rozier. I think they need finishers on offense. And finishers, Ben Taylor has talked about this, doesn't necessarily mean just going up for a dunk at the rim. It also means guys who can make open shots. I think the biggest thing that they lack on this team is a player who's just like a bomber from three and then also doesn't need the ball you know someone who is just going to stand out at the three-point line maybe could come off some screens every now and then uh but is going to capitalize off the creation that guys like rosier tatum braun etc that said even a player like that you know if you wanted to say like a wayne ellington type of guy who hasn't really been playing for the heat for example someone like that yeah he might have a skill set that they theoretically could use but he still has to be a better player than some of the guys that they're playing already so you know is he better than Rozier or Smart or Braun or Hayward I mean those guys take up pretty much all the minutes on the wing Marcus Morris who's been playing really well so ultimately what it boils down to is I think it's hard to find a trade that that really helps these guys what do you think I agree with you something else to consider if Boston cannot get all the way under the tax is that maybe they could actually use the full taxpayer mid-level exception they have that sitting around and if you don't have the opportunity cost of take starting the repeater tax because you're going to do that either way maybe they can get spend more on a buyout guy and that might be their best path as opposed to a trade well so do you disagree with me that it's going to be hard to get out of the tax as i've worked through this no i agree with you completely that's how i thought of this kind of counter idea is that if you can't get out then you might as well spend a little bit more and yeah i agree with you that it's going to be tough especially because they don't really have those kind of middling assets boston as we said they don't have filler salary all the guys that make money on this team are actually good and important and i think also one of the mistakes if teams are seeing it the way we are as opposed to any age is that they picked up that Yabusele next next season because now that's not just a, an expiring contract there's a, an additional obligation oh from shit that team. that's and, right I totally forgot about that that, that they yeah so oh, that was just a tr- an atrocious decision and and so yeah so now a second round pick isn't enough to get out of him that's right I mean I I'd completely forgotten about that so I was I, here I was thinking that they'd done the same thing and d- declined his option um so yeah no I mean maybe now it may Makes you think he, it's even less likely that they can move I mean, and and you know maybe they could throw in all of their cash um i don't think they have used any cash yet yeah they have about 4.8 million left they dumped four hundred fifty thousand dollars to okc to take abdel nader earlier so maybe if you throw in all that but now t- now you're getting into not just cash but three million dollars in flexibility for next summer for a team as well so yeah i mean if all they have are their own seconds those are pretty crappy seconds maybe they just don't have the ammo to get rid of yabusele oof that's terrible but i think he really could turn the corner <laughs> soon maybe maybe he'll be a big part of the team next year well and especially since robert williams has been looking good yeah. i don't think there's as much of a need for a depth big and they don't need horford insurance in the same mechanism as kyrie irving oh and i was going to bring this up another reason why you might want to keep terry rosier is that theoretically he he is a good enough player where you could actually make a sign-in trade happen because boston could just say hey we're going to use our match rights and then they could either get a trade exception they're not going to get like a huge piece theoretically in that yeah. deal but they could get so, a trade sign exception sign-in trade's not going to happen useful. though because of the base your issues oh that's yeah, he makes right too little so that'll be too hard all right bear with us here we're gonna do better as we we gotta like start wrapping our brains around this stuff again as we get into uh get into trade season um i mean when you look at guys maybe uh, i guess we can preview the buyout market later yeah it, you still would imagine someone's gonna end up there uh but i you know i don't really see again like why do you want to go to boston when they don't already have a, enough playing time for the guys who are there already and they're probably better than you. um 
So, you know, I could see some very lower end type of buyout candidates ending up there, but nobody, I think that why would you go there and not be in the rotation when you could be in the rotation somewhere else? There's plenty of contenders who who could do that. Um, All right. Most likely player to be traded? Jabari Bird. Yeah. Yeah. They can at least reduce the tax bill if they're not going to get out of it. And and then Yapisele to me uh, would be second. Maybe Ojale as well. I mean, I still think he could be a valuable player, but he's someone I, I would like to see play more somewhere else. And maybe they could get someone who fits a little bit more, but they have a lot of uncertainty this too. I mean, Horford even could be a free agent. Irving, Marcus Morris, we talked about him potentially extending Rozier. Who knows whether he'll be back or not. Daniel Tice, restricted free agent. So I think they have all these depth pieces and you're like, yeah, you know, they don't need all this. But with the uncertainty that they have, you think, ah, it might, might be a good idea to keep it on, right? Like maybe Ojale takes Marcus Morris's spot last year if they get a, an offer that's too rich for his blood. And then you thought maybe if they were going to make a bigger upgrade at the start of the year, that Morris and his 5.4 million might be someone that they could move as filler salary. But he's playing too well for that. You know, that he's better than anyone that they're likely going to get. All right, so we did Boston. Let's move to the Raptors. Where are they financially right now? Toronto is about $17 million over the tax line. So that means a payment of $35 million. That's a lot of money. Because remember, they, they did cut Lorenzo Brown before his contract fully guaranteed, but then they signed Patrick McCaw, who makes largely similar money over the remaining period of time. And they do still have a couple of small trade exceptions, Jakob Pertl and Bruno Caboclo. They're both under $3 million. And they still have their taxpayer mid-level, which is $5.3 million. I do not expect them to use it. That can only be used to sign a player. You can't. Tr- that's not a trade exception, obviously. So for, to me, the more likely thing would be... I mean, I don't think they would the only small move I think they could make is Malachi Richardson if they just you know kind of like the I mean he's obviously not in the same situation as Jabari Bird but in that same vein of you can get out of paying the tax on his full salary which I'm also surprised they didn't do with Lorenzo Brown yeah that was a surprise to me and uh, you know you could think maybe there would be something like with Valanchunas if they could get out of his deal for next year at 17.6 million but I think that's easier to do in the summer Valanchunas has been a valuable player uh when he hasn't been injured and you know I think there's just such a difference on both ends really between Valanchunas and Greg Monroe you don't want to go into the playoffs with Greg Monroe as your backup center and they are going to have some matchups here especially if they go up against Philly with Embiid where they're going to need more big bodies I mean really Valanchunas is the only guy who's probably big enough to guard Embiid in the post you know you can double team and do that so so I, I don't see any major cost company moves then you've got you could see maybe them trying to move one of Norm Powell or CJ Miles Powell has been playing better lately you know probably still still a negative asset value on that uh, four for 42 contract with a player option on the last year that he starts this year that extension that he signed um miles has struggled he's had this hip issue he's been mostly out of the rotation he's a player option for next year that i would imagine he would opt into making a little over eight million per season maybe he's someone that you could see getting moved but you know where are you going to send him where you're not going to take anything back sacramento is really the only team that has that amount of money to absorb him and sacramento has plenty of players like that they're actually i don't think they're going to just take someone on and you know toronto their second rounders are pretty worthless and they're already out of first rounder going for they're not going to spend a first rounder so i mean i think they're just going to eat this tax bill maybe richardson they can't trade McCaw. Um, so I, I think Richardson is certainly the most likely to be traded. Maybe you could see something involving DeLon Wright. But again, you know, he's part of the rotation on this team. This team has championship aspirations. So I don't see them really making any huge cost-cutting moves here. I think this is, uh, and especially that doesn't look good when you're trying to retain one Kawhi Leonard either. Right. I think they're in a similar overall situation to the Celtics where they're they're too good to, to cut costs. They also don't have logical fits yeah. other than Malachi Richardson. And they're so uncertain moving forward 
forward that they don't know who they're going to need. Norman Powell, I, I, I think of him as a, as a, still a negative value on his contract, though he's getting closer, he's been playing well. But if Kawhi Leonard leaves and they want to stay competitive, he could be a, an important part of the rotation. Yeah. So you don't really want to do that. Valanchunas next year isn't that daunting to them. I mean, financially, maybe if, if you need to move him to save some tax money, if Kawhi comes back and Diddy Green comes back, then you can do so. But that's, as you said, that's a better move to make in July or August than to do right now. And with DeLon and Fred Van Vliet, you know, maybe if the, if Kawhi returns, maybe one of those guys goes because at that point, DeLon will be paid as a restricted free agent. So you can kind of figure those sorts of things out. But yeah, I think this team is going to stay remarkably stable. The decision to sign Patrick McCall is also a pretty good indicator that Masai Ujiri thinks this roster is pretty stable because they could have just kept that spot open and they chose not to. So I, I think that we'll, we'll see a, a largely similar Raptors team, though it would be, I mean, if I just saw like Toronto Raptors are involved in a trade, I would be maybe more excited for them than almost any team because other than Malachi Richardson, almost everything would be significant. The other similarity they have with the Celtics is there's so much depth on this team. There isn't really anyone you can trade for. It's going to be a huge upgrade. You know, again, when you look at what they need, yeah, with Miles struggling, they could probably use one more shooter, but are those guys going to be, is that any, something you're going to get going to be better than Powell, going to be better than Miles, better than OG Anunoby, better than Wright, better than Fred Van Vliet? You know, probably not. And they got plenty of depth in the front court as well at this point i mean they're too deep at every position so and especially with them already being out their first rounder they also gave up a first rounder last year to get off of damari carroll so i think they are not interested in trading any future picks to be sure especially because if leonard leaves you could be looking at a huge reset with this team that those future picks be very valuable so no i, I think they're playing very well i think they're just they have enough depth they're going to just try and uh stay healthy here i'd be very surprised if there's anything other than a very small cost cutting type of move with say richardson their cash situation if they want to throw some cash in with richardson they have the full 5.243 million to throw in if needed all right we got to get to philly here that's the big one that's the the team that might need to make a trade for this season more than any team in the nba going forward but first this from our friends at everlane do you ever wonder how much of the clothes you buy actually cost to make how they're made who they're made by everlane actually tells you that you're not going to spend 50 bucks on a t-shirt if it only costs seven bucks to make and you don't want to buy clothing that's made in a miserable factory by miserable people who aren't treated right everlane provides total transparency they tell you their real costs every step in the process they're transparent about the materials they use the ethical factories that they work with and their clothes look great and they're great quality they last longer they cost less they look better i really love uh, their essentials their cotton crew t-shirt for example is exactly what a a piece of clothing like that should be and it's going to last you for a long time i wore a bunch of their stuff actually on my honeymoon we're not that far away from the summer Uh, again i really like their seven inch shorts which it's a little shorter than I, I've gone previously in my life, but uh, my life was uh, spent as a uh, skinny high school basketball player growing up at, in Chicago, where clothes that actually fit weren't a huge priority in the late 90s. Uh, now my wife, though, is uh, more concerned about that, so Everlane was perfect for me. You can check out their collection at everlane.com slash capspace. They got those quality cost, cotton basics 
premium Japanese denim. Japanese denim is awesome, by the way. Made at the world's cleanest denim factory. Great Oxford shirts. Outerwear made from recycled water bottles. So if you go to that everlane.com slash capspace, you'll get free shipping on your first order. And with that slash capspace URL, everlane.com slash capspace, you can let them know that you came from us. Okay, so rather than talk about their financial situation, because Philly, the tax is not going to be an issue for them, almost certainly. I guess I did just did talk about their financial situation. Let's just talk about what these guys need. I, I think that's uh, the place to start here. Well, I think the biggest need for them is still that fifth starter. I mean, that player, they've been using primarily Wilson Chandler in that spot. Yeah. He is insufficient for the competition that Philly wants to be going after moving forward, you know, in the, in the ideally even for them in the second round of the playoffs in the conference finals and if they made the NBA finals then. And that's a tough spot to fill because even though they have plenty of shot creation ball handling with guys like Ben Simmons and then mouths to feed with Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid, that player needs to be able to defend. They ideally need to be able to hit open shots. And while you can get guys at different sizes, it's a tough skill set to find, especially when the assets that Philly has to go after that spot are somewhat limited. Yeah, and really what they need is like a version of Wilson Chandler is actually good. <laughs> like a a guy on the wing, 6'8", 6'9", got enough strength to guard, but can still switch and can hit shots. I mean, they definitely don't need another usage guy, to be sure, with that big four, but that's who would fit in pretty well. They definitely need someone who can shoot threes, but they have enough of these guys with Korkmaz, uh, Shamit. I mean, those guys aren't going to hold up defensively, but they really, you can't get another guy in the perimeter who can't defend. You know, I, I think they really, if anything, they need a wing defender, but the and of course, that guy has to hit shots because you already have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and, and Jimmy Butler. So that's a tough player to find. Uh, Robert Covington sadly had to be included in that trade. So just looking through here, some of the guys who are pending free agents that might be available. I think Wes Matthews is a name that really jumps out to me. Now, then your problem becomes, though, it, Matthews will be 32 this offseason. Someone they even could think about re-signing. If you're looking at these guys who are expiring contracts making like $15 million, well, now your problem is salary matching because you've got Mike Muscala, who they could move. That They would have to, they probably need another a backup center is another place they need to upgrade. Got Mike Muscala, you've got Justin Patton. That gets you to $7 million, but you, you still need more matching matching salary than that you know cork Maz, you could throw him into maybe uh, as uh, although then you know when you're doing a three or four for one trade that becomes difficult because the other team is going to have to waive some people or they would have to take more guys back uh zaire smith is someone they obviously believe in i wouldn't be like that hesitant to move zaire smith uh, i mean i've been saying since they made the butler trade that they even should consider dipping into future first round picks to try and get a guy who fits a little bit better with what they're trying to do maybe someone who you know you could is making like seven or eight million a year and is under contract for a while you know i think maybe that's like aim a little bit higher to get someone who can be part of this core going forward um so then the elephant in the room is markel fultz who was supposed to be you know it's now six weeks since uh, the thoracic outlet syndrome was diagnosed we haven't gotten any kind of an update on him that to me if i had to guess indicates that he might have to have that surgery and so where which we've talked about before which some of those pitchers had where you actually have to have like a rib removed and really open up uh the nerves in that area so you stop having problems you know who, who knows what it is maybe it's not the thoracic outlet syndrome obviously this whole thing is cloaked in mystery but i think this idea that they like oh we can't we can't trade faults in one of these trades i mean i think 
make you know even getting a first round pick for Fultz, given how much money he's gonna be making the next two years after this i don't know if even that is realistic so i would be totally willing at this point in time to just throw him into a deal for salary matching purposes even for like you know a west matthews type of dude and maybe you could get a second rounder back from dallas or a very heavily protected first in the future or something like that or, or maybe maybe just like a pick swap for a future year um yeah but i, I mean if you're really gonna do because they need more than one guy too and maybe they're counting on the buyout market they have their room exception but to me i mean they need a guy like a west matthews on this team to really think about competing uh and move move chandler into a more appropriate bench role well and something that we both brought up but i think i think it needs to be emphasized and repeated is just how few players that are reasonably available are going to fit fit that description because most of the players who who do that are so important to their teams that they're not going to be traded so yeah maybe west matthews is kind of in that mix Damari Carroll might have been one, but the Nets are actually, they're going to be fighting for the playoffs now. Carroll actually isn't even playing that well either. Yeah, I mean, I've I've long thought that the Blazers underappreciated Moharkless, but we've talked about his knee issues for a while now, and so I don't think that you could trust him as being a, a reliable contributor. Yeah, and then, I mean, then your other issue is, like we were talking about, okay, if you want to trade for someone that goes a little bit longer, they don't want that guy to be making too much money, right? Like, say, a Kent Bazemore, but usually the the construction when Bazemore is talked about is you know oh we'll trade him for Brandon Knight say if you're Houston right um we'll trade bad money for bad money the Sixers don't have any bad money really going past this year they moved on from Bayless in the Butler trade and, and Bayless expired this year anyway so they don't really other than Fultz Fultz would be maybe the, the only guy that you could look at there but I think even Fultz is someone they might want to try and get off in the summer especially if Butler leaves to try and get some more cap space or even if he stays you know they could get up to 30 million in space with him sticking around if they move on from Fultz so this is all very tricky I mean I, I I still think you know if you can that the play could try to be let's try and pick up someone who's making that we could aggregate Muscala and Patton and Korkmaz or whatever to you know, a, a guy making eight million who's on a decent contract that you could give up a first round pick for, and then you know if you, but he's a good value, and then he could be part of your team going forward even after this year. But you know that's great in theory. And anyone pop out to you as, as someone that might work with a salary in that type of a range on a team that would be willing to give him up for a future first rounder from the Sixers? Yeah, that's the big problem. I thought of Jay Crowder, but the Jazz aren't going to move him. Yeah. I mean, he's a huge part of what they're doing. I don't think Tony Snell is good enough you know like I, maybe milwaukee would just because he isn't as necessary for them yeah. with Sterling and, and Brown it's hard to imagine well. that milwaukee would want to make a trade that's going to help philly i mean that's what their, their direct competition in the east well maybe they think it's not going to help philly yeah uh, maybe, maybe that is possible um that would be a fun challenge trade I, I thought about i don't think he's worth a first round pick but more as a flyer type guy jonathan simmons just as another player to kind yeah. of put into simmons that has a, a minimal guarantee uh, for next year making about six million i mean maybe maybe what you could try and do is a guy like say a dorian finney smith for example and, and you know it mm, seems like a like first that. rounder is probably a little too much to give up for him but he's making the minimum and then he has a minimum cap hold as a restricted free agent you know smith he's really struggled to shoot the ball his first two years but he's a solid defensive player and the shooting has come along to some degree this year or you know even someone like maxi kleba for example you know he can he can play the four shoot it uh, more a switch guy also could play some backup center maybe that's the sort of guy you can target 
a, a guy who's on a, a second rounder contributing maybe a little older though you know his team might undervalue him a, a little bit uh as you can tell i'm looking at dallas's roster <laughs> at the moment well but, and, and something i want to add in here that philly has which the other which the the celtics and the raptors do not is they have some of these middle assets they have chicago second round pick they have sacramento second round pick both of those should be in the top 45 which is generally the dividing line for value and not value so they could use that they have some filler salary with guys like Mascala. so maybe they can make one of those more modest deals work and then use their room mid-level to get somebody as well like maybe that's the most reasonable path here yeah and you'd think that they look the best on the buyout market if i were robin lopez by the way i'd much rather go to philly than golden state uh, as a buyout guy and just clearly would be the backup center than uh behind Embiid. whereas golden state may not have as much of a path to playing time i don't know what they think of jetty osman osman is probably a little too skinny not quite good enough defensively for what we're talking about you know, i don't know what the Cavs value him i mean i think they probably overvalue him at this point you know nets i don't see them really trying to move anybody who else is out of it that might have someone who could help them maybe if memphis falls out garrett temple could be someone that that they could look at uh, making eight million this year finishing up his contract but he'll be 30 justin holiday <laughs> well holiday won't be able to be i guess he could he could if as long as you don't aggregate him yeah i don't, yeah. I don't think holiday is uh he's too skinny i think for for what they're looking for i like temple a little bit more in that role i mean if they could i don't think they could put together the salary it, it would have to be a more complicated trade but if they could get ariza if the wizards fall out yeah that that would be one too um but yeah that that Fultz almost would certainly have to be in that deal. Yeah, but he could go to a third team. Like yeah. there are ways to maneuver that. You know, maybe he Fultz goes to I don't know the Magic or the Kings or something else like that, and then that that provides most of the ballast, and then Ariza is a part of the deal. Maybe Noah Vonley from the Knicks could be an interesting uh, i mean it's not necessarily a wing but uh, you know making uh, three million or so uh, could play some four and five switch a little bit for them out in the perimeter if needed you know, if he's playing the four he shot it a little bit better this year i mean deadman would would help them a lot too yeah. if, we're, if we're going with i mean i think the, the center is better to go after for a buyout guy but it's a way to do yeah. it and they have these extra seconds and they need these guys uh, now you again you could say all oh, these guys are just going to get bought out uh, i'm guessing uh the Hawks and Philly I mean that that'd be hilarious if yet another guy doesn't get traded because he's going to get bought out by the Hawks and then goes to but the Hawks even are playing a little bit better now and, and we talked about this in the NBA cast last night when we had a chance to do some of their game against Oklahoma City that with the new tanking rules now you know there's not as much incentive to just tank down the end I think they want it with Young playing well Herder playing well right now that they really will want to just continue playing well and they can still be in the bottom five records and still a pretty good chance at, at Zion Williamson other needs for them backup point guard there could be someone who's a little bit better fit would be nice someone who could just handle the ball play a little bit with Simmons I mean again with McConnell it's just the fit is so bad he's a good player but he just doesn't really fit on this team McConnell might have some trade value I mean there was talk that they could have gotten a first round pick for him but then when the the Fultz injury stuff happened they didn't want to do that anymore I'm a little skeptical of that we'll see and TJ McConnell is not that good and he's he's not a restricted free agent he's gonna be 27 he has a small cap hold coming up here so a team could look to re-sign him so he might have some value I mean I think trying to move him as another asset just for someone who fits a little bit better with Ben Simmons that could be a possibility as well I mean I'm not sure who's out there on on the point guard market who might be a better fit I mean I don't think that Lynn for example is quite what you'd be looking for someone like Darren Collison actually I think could help them some although Collison just doesn't shoot that much but maybe if the Pacers are just you know they want to open up some more time for Aaron Holiday they don't think Collison is helping that much I think McConnell would actually be a better fit 
fit there but then again you run into the salary matching issues um and the pacers are their rivals so i don't necessarily see that happening there's not a ton out there here i mean any other potential candidates for my idea of just trading for someone who's under contract a little bit longer, who's making you know, a, a mid-level of salary? It's tough to come up with that guy. Yeah, especially because they're looking in more of the two, three, four position range. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, you could do it with a point guard size guy. It just seems like a lot to to ask. And defensively, yeah. you're likely giving something up. Etwan Moore actually would be a pretty decent fit, but he's. I don't think the Pels are going to fall out of it enough to where they'd be looking. What to about make move. what about Joe Harris? Uh, I think the Nets just uh, want to hold on to him. I think they see him as a value. I, I think contract. so too. But theoretically, maybe you could put together something where the Nets are Nets yeah. think they can find another Joe Harris. You know, kind of do do what the Spurs have done a couple times in the recent past of betting on their own talent evaluation. Yeah. So I'm not really sure exactly what's out there. And if the Kings had fallen out of it, you know, Amon Shumpert, I think, is someone who could really help them a lot. Uh, he's a, he expires this year, of course. But uh, so many teams still being in it, I think, it is a problem for these guys uh, right now. You know. The Suns don't really have anyone who falls into the the category of helping them. Those that they're out of it. You mentioned John Simmons. I think he's okay, but he's also shooting like twenty percent from three this year. You know, like they do need someone who can just guard on the perimeter more. They don't. They don't have that, but. Terrence Ross doesn't really fit into what they're dreaming. They have Reddick already, though he's pretty redundant there. He can't stop anybody. Yeah, they might be shit out of luck here. For I mean, maybe if Courtney well, Lee gets bought out, that's a possibility. Which I mean, it's the Knicks, so who? So you never know. But this it gets to be the first time in a, in a trade de- deadline preview podcast they get to bring this up. The Sixers are among the many teams that are going to be hurt by how early the trade deadline is because there are just there may be like five teams that think they're out of the playoffs right now, and maybe we add another team or two over the next couple weeks. But that's really about it, and so that could help them on the. Buy- out market theoretically maybe guys like maybe they end up not being as hurt by this as some of the other teams because they are the leaders kind of the leaders in the clubhouse there because they have a need they also have money so they can get in there but if players aren't available then you can't really maximize the uh, the creation the, the resources that they still have to bear Rodney Magruder would be another really interesting one that maybe if the Heat think that his price I love Rodney that his price is going to be too high. I, maybe you give up a first round pick for him. You get his restricted rights. Now the Heat, of course, cap, low yeah, cap hold. I mean, he's so. starting for the Heat. The Heat are in the playoffs. I mean, they, what are they paying the luxury tax for? Uh, you know, I don't think the Sixers can't really offer them any tax relief. But Magruder, I mean, he he would be perfect for them because if they're trying to use cap space next summer, he's a very small cap hold. You could use your space and, and then re-sign him using his restricted rights. But I mean, I, I think they're going to really need to get creative here. A lot of these guys that I think could help them are these guys who are uh, pretty good value contracts. And so maybe you say, hey, we're going to we'll give up a first round pick for Rodney Magruder and see whether the Heat would bite, or maybe maybe well, even could get you know Fultz for uh, Magruder, Fultz and, and maybe a, an asset for Magruder and Ellington. You know, that could be something. I, I was thinking. I was thinking Magruder Ellington combination. The Sixers basically send out as little salary as they can in that deal. You know, to to make the math work, and you can save them a little bit of money. You can't get the Heat all the way out of the tax through a trade like that, but you could help them, and then maybe they could do another corresponding move. Yeah, and then I think center. You know, there's probably you're probably more on the buyout market, but I, I think that's where like if they really want to get better, I think they need to be very aggressive. 
you know, especially because they had the extra first round pick still going forward, it, that Miami unprotected 2021. No, now which pick they're going to trade and what protections would be? Obviously, that would would be very difficult. I mean, you know, would the Heat take back their 2021 pick for uh, and trade Magruder in that situation? That seems like maybe it's too much to give up because it does have just so much upside with this Heat team in theory just stuck in the mud, going nowhere. Very interesting here. Um, most likely to get traded on this team. Oof, this is a tougher one than most because they don't need to dump a guy like Justin Patton to get under the tax. Oh, I'm going to go with Markel Fultz. I, I don't really have another good candidate for this, so I'm just going to go with him. Maybe Muscala, just because he's a better salary flotsam. Uh, I guess I'll go with Muscala. Hmm, I'm going to say, yeah, it does seem like like Muscala almost certainly has to be in any deal. Korkmaz also, yeah, I think, is pretty likely just because they declined his rookie option. Oh, can I say one other quick thing on the yeah. Sixers? I, I wonder how the, the, the Butler drama affects their approach to 2019 cap space because there was a theory also with the Sixers you mean they could clear Fultz and have a ton of money to spend but they could also just if teams were undervaluing players that are under contract you could have you could see them pivot but maybe if they're concerned about the possibility that Butler leaves or something else maybe they want to maintain flexibility a little bit more zealously because if he leaves then they can I mean they could have a boatload of space then yeah that's an interesting thought um anything else on these guys or should we move on here we can move on I will give you the choice between the two New York teams the Nets and the Nets. Let's go Nets here. Nets are, we thought they would be out of it. We thought that they could be moving guys like Damari Carroll, and maybe that could still happen. We thought maybe Rondé Hollis Jefferson, they might move Jared Dudley, but no, they are right in the thick of it. They are probably greater than 50% chance to make the playoffs. Doesn't seem to me like they want to make a big move. Their chemistry is, has been really good. I mean, they're guys like Rondé, Jared Dudley. I mean, they're using these guys right now. You know, maybe you could say one of Rondé or Dudley might be a expendable ronde has been out for a while so is dudley recently but they've uh continued to roll hollis jefferson's actually supposed to be back tonight against the rockets Alan Crabb really is the guy who really has no future on this team. You would think, I mean, this will be, he'll be going into the fourth year of a player option he might pick up for over 18 million. Uh, he's been out forever. I mean, he still has to be, it was supposed to be reevaluated this week. We haven't heard anything yet with the the, uh, the issue with the fat pad in his knee. So he's been out for so long. You start to wonder if maybe, you know, surgery might be required there. But, but he's making so much. I don't see them really, you know, maybe you could see them trading him and hoping hoping perhaps there's a team that likes him enough to give back an expiring contract for him that seems almost certainly not true and he's not healthy but i think that's probably at this point their number one goal would be just to try to move his money for next year and open up some more space um because if they make the playoffs this year and they got this great young core i mean uh, getting close to two max slots if they could move crab for nothing it would be very enticing brooklyn is in such a complicated situation also because they don't have Karis silver for right now maybe they even get him back this year we haven't heard anything yeah, i mean they said he the was timing. supposed to play this again this yeah year. but like what what is back this year you know yeah. especially if we're talking about them potentially being a playoff team that's different than oh he can play you know a few minutes or something like that so they'll be cautious i'm sure with him but i want to see that and with crab could be an opportunity either now or in July for one of those moves where you give up an asset but you don't necessarily clear your books you just get a superior player like maybe they, they could do something in that vein as well it would depend on what those teams like you talked about this with Bazemore would be that not this isn't the Bazemore night trade this is the other kind of deal there that would be a possibility too my instinct with Crab is that what's going to happen is that they'll they can't really find a workable thing this year and then if they need to move him or stretch him or something else during the offseason 
season, it, they handle it then. But I agree with you that they should be moving that hard. And another reason why they should be doing that is because Brooklyn should be really happy with everything that they have. And so Sean Marks can listen. He can do a lot of listening. If somebody overvalues your assets, then you talk about that. And I think the most compelling guy to discuss here, though I don't expect them to move him, is D'Angelo Russell. And the reason why D'Angelo Russell is so compelling is he's having a very good year. He's having, I, I, I'm not uh, looking at this I would right say now, but a I believe better than expected year. I mean, I, I think he's... Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, but I also I also think he's a player that due to his athletic and defensive limitations is is not going to be, you know, a playoff high-level type of player. You know, I, I think... It, right. And he's still, you know, below the league average and in true shooting. And I think, you know, his passing has continued to grow. He does, when he's going up against a real static center and he can get to that jump shot, work off the pick and roll, he's pretty good. If you switch him, he's pretty useless. And, and then, yeah, he's been trying a little harder defensively, but he's still always going to be a, a pretty big liability there with his physical tools and with effort not exactly coming naturally to him so yeah I, I think you could be looking to move him if there were a team that really valued his restricted free agents rights they, they do have Dinwiddie although Dinwiddie hasn't played quite as well the last couple of weeks uh but I think Dinwiddie and Levert more than Russell are important and paying big money to Russell this offseason still doesn't quite seem to me to be in the cards um so yeah I would explore moving him quietly but that, that realistically I don't see that happening when teams have been bad for a long time and all of a sudden they're good I mean Sam Hinkie is would really be the only guy who would have the balls to move Russell I think at this point and and if they do move Russell it probably would make them worse for this year as well so I don't see that happening necessarily what do you think these guys need if they if they want to just add to this team um what do you think they need right now I would like another just capable shooter they have they have guys that can certainly work there they've been you know Kuroks has been a, a really nice revelation for them over the last month or so but I, another guy in in the rotation would help especially like on maybe at the four or the three something something there and that they don't really have as many needs i mean they're they're too deep a lot of different places especially if levert can come back healthy so i don't think they have as pronounced of needs in the immediate though if this team is talking about getting into the uh, a stronger part of the playoff mix i do think they'll need meaningful upgrades to get to that kind of level and so being proactive and doing so now especially if maybe their cap space is either isn't as flush or isn't as desirable as another team maybe they could try to make a move like that where they take on future money for a player who is who is good it's just that the team doesn't want them on that contract yeah yeah well and they don't want to take on future money either i mean I think they really you know have been holding on to this cap space idea for a long time that uh brilliant mozgov howard trade it was a big part of that uh someone actually asked me about why shouldn't sean marks be in the executive of the year conversation i think just because they've been better than expected this year but not that much of it has happened this year that's the criteria for the award uh, so maybe that's a flaw with the award but i don't think they've done that much much of why they're good right now has been for stuff they've done over a three-year period i think their biggest need is just someone who can defend on the wing and of course hit a shot well that's two-thirds of the league needs that and you know say a team like philly is going to be searching for that a lot harder and probably willing to throw in a lot more they will not be giving up any future draft picks that's for sure i don't see them giving up young players so i i think it's going to be hard for them to upgrade they've already used their room exception as well they used that on ed davis so they don't and they actually are relatively deep as well i mean so i mean ed davis is a fine backup center and there's nobody that really jumps out who can defend on the wing i mean ronde is kind of is their best perimeter defender but he's at the four he can't hit a shot it really kills their pick and roll spacing someone along the lines of like a shumpert or a matthews 
in theory, but you know, making the salary matching work there is difficult. You know, they don't really have many bad contracts. I guess Fareed would be the one, um, if there is. But then, you know, what are they giving up to get those guys? And those guys, you know, Shumpert, for example, is on a Sacramento team that's still trying, and you know, they would have to fall out of it significantly, I think, in the next three weeks. And they might even want to re-sign Shumpert as well in Sacramento. I don't see much happening here. I mean, I think Fareed could eventually get bought out, maybe, but maybe they just hold on to him because they feel like they need some insurance in case someone goes down at the center position. Most likely to get traded on this team is tough because they just there, there aren't many logical trades here. I guess I'll go with Fareed just because he's not an essential part of this team right now and he's an expiring contract but i don't I, there isn't really anybody yeah one thing that was uh, floated by kelly eco was uh, kenneth Fareed going to houston where i think he actually would be a pretty decent fit there but who's going to go back to night well now they want to take on 15 million in money for night uh, for next year is that enough to do that for houston's first rounder would houston even want to do that i don't think Fareed is enough of an upgrade that basically is a money dump when capella comes back i don't know if Fareed would even play so yeah i i don't see them doing a ton uh, to be honest Let's move to the Knicks here. Uh, where are they in terms of money right now? The Knicks are over the cap, about $10 million below the luxury tax, but they don't have a lot of kind of spending power to make up that margin. They have a $1.4 million trade exception for Hernan Gomez, which exists until basically the deadline. And they also just don't have a ton of, of reasonable filler salary because the guys who are f- paid for multiple years, they're more complicated negotiations, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee. And his canner just makes a lot of money. He's at $18.6 million. So that's that's a big expenditure. So it's it's really hard for them to make a a big move or a significant move, especially considering their goal is preserving cap space. I guess the most likely way to do it would be if they found a taker for one of those multi-year guys, whether they, I mean, ideally they wouldn't give up an asset, but if they had to and they found the cost reasonable, maybe they would. Yeah, Simmons made this point on that podcast with Lowe, which is a good listen, that if we see the Knicks do something at the deadline to try to get off of Hardaway or Lee and actually throw in an asset to do that, now the price that Simmons was talking about is like an unprotected future first rounder that seems a little unlikely but that that could that could uh be an indication that they uh are pretty confident that certain free agents may be coming there so that's something that they could do i think you know hardaway he's got two more years after this one making over 18 million lee has one more year after this one making 13 million what's the price to get off those guys i think you you probably again you wait until the summer most likely there you can always make that trade in the summer it's easier to make that trade in the summer unless there's someone who really values those guys for this year's playoff run and wants to keep them around i don't really see what team that is that wants to take on that type of money for next year and is already good and thinks that those guys can help them which you know neither of those guys are that good anymore lance thomas is another interesting one i think he he seems like more likely a guy who ends up getting bought out and joining a contender he's got one million guaranteed next year so maybe what you can do if you're the knicks is you give him all of his money this year and hope that that million guarantee for next year that he's willing to buy that out or reduce that uh so you can just make a million more in space for next year certainly you would imagine that guys like vonley hazonia although i don't see anyone him helping anybody but but vonley i think could actually help a contender the the way that he's played and the knicks have no particular bird rights on him he's just making the minimum this year so they wouldn't be able to offer him more than a 20 percent raise for next year maybe there's a team that kind of likes damian dotson a little bit but he's you know been in and out of their rotation and he probably doesn't really have much value so I, I don't see them doing a ton here i mean i guess there's 
there's talk that Cantor could be moved and maybe I mean I don't see any team giving up a first rounder for Cantor unless again they could get off of money that goes past this year that's not going to happen there's been talk that Cantor maybe could go to Sacramento in exchange for someone like Kufos but I mean Ennis Cantor is a backup center in the playoffs at best and he can only play in certain matchups so I, I think you know maybe the Knicks can find someone who overvalues him but I would be very surprised uh, if there is that type of team out there they're just in a, in a tough spot and and the Knicks they have their own first round pick is too good to go in trades they have Houston second I think that's too bad to really be in too many trades the, the one guy I wanted to bring up briefly you you talked about Von Light which I think is, is a good one that they could they could even trade him and then resign him depending on what spending power the Knicks have at that point would be if they wanted to go the same kind of value proposition with Emmanuel Moutier the challenge for Moutier with the Knicks specifically is that he has that 12.9 million cap hold and so keeping him around long enough would be would be hard they can't really wield match rights in, in full unless they don't get free agents to come there so maybe a team is thinks that he's a, an interesting flyer maybe one of those teams that doesn't have much cap space for next summer so get something small for him when it was going to be difficult for the Knicks to retain Moutier in the first place yeah that's an interesting one I'm not a huge believer in what Moutier has done I think a lot of it's been based on unsustainable two-point shooting he's a little bit better to me but he certainly is uh a big contributor to their crappy defense. Again, not a guy who's going to get you any sort of significant asset in return. I think you just... Uh, and even just doing the qualifying offer to make him a restricted region, he's probably going to hit the starter criteria this year. His qualifying offer could be pretty big. I, I don't know if you even want to risk giving him that qualifying offer, frankly. If you're the Knicks, maybe he just takes it. We'll see how his season ends up. You know, he had a little shot at him early, and now that they're just losing every single game, that's probably that blooms off the rose a little bit again. So, you know, I could see him maybe being a buyout candidate. It doesn't really make sense to me to keep him around past this year because of those cap space aspirations and, and the dangers of making him a restricted free agent potentially trey burke is another guy could but i again i think his he's just going to end up as a buyout candidate you know he he again was got really hot on two-point jumpers at the end of last year and now you know hasn't really done much this year so relatively boring and depressing for them i i suppose you know uh again because they're just and you've got some guys who can play a little bit on this team but if they're not willing to take back money for next year you're not gonna be able to get value for those guys i am basically like no one gives up a first rounder anymore for a guy who's about to be a free agent unless you know especially the trade deadline unless that guy's like a true difference maker i mean you don't see giving up a first rounder for a guy who's just going to be in your rotation you know the way the blazers traded for aaron aflalo a couple of years ago like that those trades are done now people don't do that anymore i agree with that all right i think it's time to depart here anything else we got to talk about before we go i did a possession by possession breakdown of the warriors nba record 51 points in the first quarter against denver including video for all but one for whatever reason that one was unavailable so you can you can look at that i also have uh so that it, it was fun to go to go through it and it was a mix of really good offense and some bad defense and so also if you're interested in denver's defense it's a good thing to watch for that so you can check that out and then i'll probably have have some other content coming out for the athletic over the next couple days all right we'll be back tomorrow to round out the week and we will talk to you all then at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.